how powerful is our influence? We talked about the power of influence a while back and how we can be influenced. We want to consider the other perspective, how we can be an influence on others. In the first Sermon of Christ, he used two illustrations to help man understand this power of influence. Ye are the salt of the earth, Matthew chapter 5, verses 13. And then in verse 14, ye are the light of the world. Let's consider this second point first, the light of the world. Just how strong of a statement is this? How much faith does Christ have in man? If you recall, he stated that he was the light of the world, John 8 and 12. Jesus spake unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So here he even references what happens when we accept the light he has established into our lives. And now that light is a part of our lives. In John, the background of this text was one of the many feasts. The Feast of the Tabernacle was John chapter 7, verse 37. One can imagine that a part of the festivities was a, an array of candles that would be lit in the court of the tabernacle, and the light from these candles gave the backdrop for what Christ was teaching. And though it is a simple lesson, it is worthy for us to reconsider these messages, the concept of light and salt making application to our lives. Light is bright and obvious. You know it as light. I don't recall being taught much about light and the reverse dark. It was just one of those things that you were around so much, you just kind of knew it. If you've ever been lost at night and you suddenly see a glimmer of a light in the distance, it changes your mindset. There's hope. There's a glimmer which is actually taken from this concept of life, a glimmer of hope that you can find your way out or someone will find you. And just a little light can accomplish so much, can it not? The light from the readout of my digital watch can actually light up a very dark room. We know that life makes, or make that light makes life possible. Without the sun, light, life would not be. Light exposes those things that lie in the darkness. We've all experienced trying to find something in the dark, and when a light is shown, well, there it is. Concerning this concept of dark and light, Paul spoke in 2 Corinthians, for God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So in this instance, we reflect the light that shines, and we have him as an example to follow, 1 Peter 2 and 21. For here unto ye were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. And back to our text, Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world, and it continues on. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. 
cities that are on a hill can be seen for very long distances. And then we continue reading, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The purpose of a lamp or a light is what? To illuminate. To put it under a cover or a bushel basket, so to speak, is to completely remove its intended purpose. And there is something to be said of secrecy, things done under the cloak of darkness, and then the illumination of the light. Light and dark cannot coexist. Let your light so shine. Why why so? That they may see the Father and will glorify the Father through the influence you are having in their life. How is God glorified? When we submit to his will, when we are light as he is light. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure, Philippians 2 and 13. Do we reflect the light of Christ to those around us? Does our light so shine as a city set on a hill? Is it placed on a candlestick so it is in a dominant place and all can benefit from its illuminance? The other illustration shared on having influence is the use of salt. You are the salt of the earth, Matthew 5 and 13. Salt is a very common commodity nowadays, but this was not always the case. In ancient Rome, it is said that soldiers were paid in salt or even given an allowance of salt, and the saying there, worth your weight in salt. The word salary actually comes from a root of where we get salt from. Interesting. Now, we typically think of salt for two reasons. One is to enhance flavor, and the other is to preserve. But salt is vital in many other ways to our existence. It is a necessary electrolyte for heart activity, as well as certain functions of our metabolism. It is also crucial in the working of nerves and nerve impulses. As a preservative, it was common during the time of Christ for salt to be used to cure things like fish and meat. Curing foods like fish and meat allowed it then to be marketed long after it had been caught or butchered, and also farther from the origin of where the meat or fish came from. Let's consider an application of the concept of purity. Another property of salt. In 2 Kings chapter 2, we see salt being used to purify bad water. Man has the ability to be an influence in not-so-great situations and turn those not-so-great situations into something more positive or valuable. Our influence, salt, can preserve. James 1 tells us in verse 27 to keep the outside unspotted or polluted, unpolluted from the world, to keep ourselves pure. Along this line, Timothy was told to show himself as an example of the believers. How so? In word, 
in conversation, that is his life, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Having these character traits certainly would have a preserving quality on all of those around him. When that preserving quality is shoved aside, we see things like what Cain did to his brother Abel. God told him that sin was crouching at the door. Prior to the flood, preservation had deteriorated where it was recorded that wickedness was great on the earth, that man's heart was on evil continually. Gross immorality led to the utter destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Jude verse 7 references this. Now let's consider this example for just a little bit in Genesis chapter 18 and verse number 20 because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous, we read, Abraham drew near, Genesis 18 and 23, and said to God, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure, he said, verse 24, There be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? And God promised that he would spare the cities if 50 righteous individuals were found within it. And then Abraham continues his bargain. What about 45? What about 40? What about 30? What about 20? Even down to 10. And he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak yet this once peradventure. 10 shall be found there. And God said, I will not destroy it for 10's sake. And yet. They were not found. Just 10 righteous would preserve the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Didn't happen. It didn't happen. How much salt does it take to preserve? Well, it takes a complete and thorough covering for it to preserve that which it is intended. Where a little salt will flavor, and our speech is being told to be seasoned with salt, take care of the words that we use. So let's just consider for a moment the quality of salt by adding value to what already exists. We have friends that we enjoy being around and spending time with. We share things in common, and just a little time with them adds value to our life. The influence can be so strong, even on those we don't know we're influencing. Light, just a little light can do a lot. Just a little salt can do a lot. But what happens when salt has lost its capacity to be salt? Well, it's like putting a light under a cover. It is of no benefit. Actually, bad salt is worse than no salt, as getting rid of it could be a challenge. And it says there, trampling on the road is about all it's good for. Jesus said, we are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. We have examples of those that had these attributes. One of those churches was the church at Ephesus. Paul spent two full years working with them, and all of those who lived in Asia heard the word, as we read in Acts chapter 19. The light was shining, and yet a while later, when this church is mentioned again in the Revelation of John, they're in a different place. I know thy works, Revelation 2 and 2, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst Bear them which are evil. Sounds pretty good. Thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience for my name's sake, hast labored, and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. 
were they the light of the world to the capacity they could have been or the salt of the earth? It certainly seems like it, but something was going on. I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. What had happened? It seems that their light was growing dim or their salt was losing its capacity. There was still a lot of influence and they had opportunity to turn it around, but this was brought to their attention. They had gotten off to a good start. However, it seems like darkness was not far away. You don't have to stand behind a podium or a microphone in order to be an influence. Your light does not have to be among the brightest in the room in order to accomplish great things. For the grace of God, verse uh, Ephesians 5 and 8, for we were sometimes in darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. John chapter 3, verse 19, this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, for they are wrought in God. And he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words, John 12 and 48, has one that judges him. The word I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. I want to close with a verse of a song that actually started out as a poem by Annie J. Flint called The World's Bible. We are the only Bible the careless world will read. We are the sinner's gospel who are the scoffer's creed. We are the Lord's last message given in deed and word. What if the type is crooked? What if the print is blurred? You are the salt of the earth, but the salt has lost its savor. Wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, or put, but they put it on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We will be an influence on the people we are around. How we influence them is among the first points of the first lesson Christ taught. Our time is gone. We thank you much for joining us. We look forward to visiting with you next week at this time. Until then, we bid you a very blessed day.